Hey, this is Mitch Rose. I'm the lead pastor of City Hills Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message encourages you, it inspires you, it challenges you to live your best life. Take a listen. Here's this week's message. Um, this is uh, my favorite time to preach. Uh, if you're new to City Hills Church, I love preaching around January uh, for a lot of reasons. Um, this is just, if you're new to our church and you think, man, what's this place all about? What are they doing? How do they do what they do? I'm just going to be honest with you. If you'll stick around in January, you'll kind of figure out who we are. Um, if I were to give you a life message, it's probably every January, the last five Januaries. It's, it's probably the most, um, the, the, the thing that comes out of my soul the most, not that the rest of the year doesn't, but it just comes out of me uh, so easy. And, and because I want to refocus our attention on God's best plan for our lives in this year, January is an easy time to do that. I tell you every January, I'll tell you again uh, this January, uh, I'd, I'd love for you to just give us a year of your life. Like just decide, you know what? 2022, I'm going all in on everything. Like, I'm going to go to church, like, next week. I'm going to be in service at 9 o'clock and 1030. I'm never missing a church again. I, I just, I can't wait to get back to church. I'm going to get in a small group. I'm going to host a small group. I'm going to go uh, to the welcome home night when, when we hear about how to become a member and how to get on the dream team. I'm going to get on the dream team. We talk about it so much. By the way, it's weekends like this. When you really realize how important our dream team is, you know, and how much they do and how valuable they are. And I want you to hear, if you serve on the team, there's hundreds of you that do. I love you. I'm grateful for you. You mean the world to me. And we are who we are. And we do all that we do because of you. And, but you can give uh, to God uh, this year. You can take the 90-day tithing challenge. Matter of fact, when you're back in service next week, I'm going to talk about it a little bit uh, deeper. But I would love for you, especially if you're on the team, if you're in a group here, if you call this place home, I'd love for you to just ask God, God, I'm going to put you first in my finances. I'm going to give the first 10% of everything I make. It's my tithe that belongs to the Lord. I'm going to return it back to God. I would just love for you to go all in this year. And when you get to the end of the year, here's my promise to you. I make this promise to you every year. I've yet to feel like I've misled you. And that is, you get to the end of the year, I think you're going to see the blessing of God all over your life. I think your life's going to completely change, as a matter of fact. And if it doesn't, here's my promise. Uh, I'll go with you, and we'll go find a new church together. Like, I'll let you pick. I've never had anybody take me up on it because I'm just telling you, if you go all in with God, He has a way of going all in uh, on your life. And this series is the kind of series that talks about that, uh, that talks about believing God for more. Uh, I say all the time that the best is yet to come, but I don't know if I've ever preached a message around this, uh, around this statement. And I want you to hear, it's not just some catchy statement. Like it's not just... It's not just, well, that's just what pastor says. That's just what they, you know, that's just what they write on. No, no, no. No, this is like a core belief of our house. Like this is a, like this is theological that I believe that God has better in store for you. Matter of fact, I believe that the God of the Bible is the God of more than enough. You ought to, you ought to write amen in the chat if you believe that. I think the God of the Bible is the God of more than enough. As a matter of fact, Ephesians 3 and 20 says it like this. Now all glory to God who is able, underline that in your Bible, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more 
than you might ask or think. You may have written down your goals for 2022. You may have said, here's what I'd like to accomplish, or here's the things that I'd like for God to do in my life. I promise you this, the God of the Bible is the God who can do more than you could possibly think. He's the God who can do above anything you could possibly ask. I promise you God is thinking bigger than you are, and you ought to stretch your faith to where God is right now. You ought to shout amen in your living room and type it in the chat there. The God of the Bible is the God of more than enough. And a lot of times as Christians, we'll start thinking, well, you know, I'm blessed. Man, I'm too blessed to be stressed. You know, that's the Christian things we say. And man, I I don't know if I can ask God for any more. Write this down in your notes. Uh, It's okay to be thankful for all that God has done. But don't assume that all that God has done is all that God wants to do. Let me tell you that again. You can be thankful for all that God has done in your life. Matter of fact, if you're breathing today, if you're saved today, Jesus died on the cross for you today like he doesn't owe us anything else. But I don't want you to assume that everything that God has blessed you with in the past, that, well, I guess that was as good as it's going to get. A lot of times Christians do this. We just think, man, this is it. I just, everything in my life is good. Matter of fact, we say that like when you, when you meet somebody, especially the first part of the year, you know, you say, you know, how's it going? How's your year going? And they say, well, so far, so good. <laughs> you know, like, so far, so good. But listen to, it's not so far, so good. My life is so far So God has done everything in my life. Like everything I have has come from God. Every blessing of my life comes. This church and my family and the call of God and uh, everything I've got, grace and mercy and love, all of that comes from God. It's not so far so good. No, I want you to look at your life right now and say, so far, so God. Like God gave me all of this. But I don't want you to look at your life and think, well, I guess this is as good as it's ever going to get. I guess this would be the the best job I ever have. I'd like to have a better job. I'd like to make more money. I'd like to have a fulfilling career. I'd like to get up on Monday morning and happy about doing what I'm doing, but I guess this is as good as it's going to get. I'd like to have a happy marriage, but I guess, you know, this we've been to counseling, we've read some books. This is as, you know, this is kind of I guess as good as it's ever going to be. I guess this is kind of the best we can do. I I I'd like to get past my past, uh, you know, I've I think I, I've worked through it, and I went to counseling, and I got in a small group, and I still kind of have some stuff on the inside, but honestly, maybe that's just, maybe I'm stained, or maybe I'm supposed to always kind of be trapped in this cycle. If you're not careful, you'll start thinking, well, this is it. This is as good as it gets, and I want to tell you at the beginning of this message series, don't assume that all that God has done is all that God wants to do in your life. Where you are now, write this in the chats. I didn't put it on your notes, but write it in the chats. Where you are now is not where you'll always be. Where you are today is not God's plan to keep you right there. God is a God of movement in your life. God's a God who wants to move throughout your life. He doesn't want to just get you saved, get you ready for heaven, maybe work on some of your issues a little bit and get you just a better version of who you used to be and then just kind of park you there as this little saved Christian. No, no, no. God says, I, I want to I keep moving in your life. I want you to keep dreaming in your life. I want you to have bigger vision for your life. And if you'll do that, You'll start viewing your life through the lens of the best is yet to come. In other words, what's behind me or what I'm currently in is not the best I'll ever have. But the best is out in front of me. And I read a story about uh, Conrad Hilton. 
uh, from Hilton Hotels, the famed hotel magnet. Are you a hotel snob? Maybe you are. You have your favorite uh, brand. Um, we try, Brandy and I, we try to stay in a Hilton property uh, when we travel, uh, not because I'm a hotel snob. Um, I may be a little bit, but um, because because I get a lot of points, and I you know I kind of made like gold elite status, whatever that means. So like I get an extra towel or something in the room. But uh, anyways, uh, I read about the Hilton family, and Conrad Hilton uh, is um, is the founder of Hilton Hotels. Interestingly, in the Texas market, he actually started hotels all around Texas to begin with. And he's facing bankruptcy, true story, he's facing bankruptcy at the height of the, uh, the Great Depression. Uh, the, the Great Depression uh, 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 sort of commences in 1929. This is 1931, and Conrad Hilton is about to lose all of the hotels he has built. Um, he is about to lose everything he made. As a matter of fact, one of the stories I read said he was living on borrowed money, so much so he had a bellhop in one of his hotels that he had borrowed money from just to keep the Hilton Corporation afloat. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's a dire situation. And he's on a train in 1931, and he's going through Texas, taking this train through Texas, and, he, and he's reading this magazine, and he opens uh, the, this, uh, uh, the ad for the opening, the grand opening of the Waldorf Astoria Hotel in New York City. It's this amazing hotel, like it's the best hotel that's ever, I mean, it's, it's, there's, there's 2,000 rooms, it's huge, it's beautiful, it's, it's, it's right in the middle of Manhattan, it's just this amazing property, and here's this hotel magnate who's about to lose everything, borrowing money from a bellhop, and he sees this grand opening of the Waldorf Astoria in New York City. And, and the story goes that he cut out uh, the clipping of the picture of the Waldorf Astoria, and across the top, he writes these five words, the greatest of them all. Like, this is the hotel. Like, this is the one. And he taped it to his desk, and he would stare at that throughout the entire Great Depression. Like, when everything looks like it was turning upside down in the Hilton world, he would look at this newspaper, this magazine clipping of the Waldorf Astoria, and the greatest of them all. You fast forward in his life 18 years, it's 1949, and Conrad Hilton and the Hilton Corporation buys the Waldorf Astoria in New York City. But the story doesn't start in 1949 when he buys it. The story starts in 1931 when he sees it, when he dreams about it, when he, when he cuts it out of the newspaper clipping and puts it on, uh, on his desk, when he writes... This is the dream. This is the greatest of them all. And, and somebody interviewed Conrad Hilton after he had purchased the famed Waldorf Astoria in New York City. And they said, tell us what you were thinking in 1931. And this is his quote. Quote, 1931 was an outrageous time to dream. You may be looking at your life right now thinking, you know what? 2022 is an outrageous time to dream. Like, this is crazy. It seems like the world, just as sure as I thought things were getting better, it's 2022, and here we are again. Trust me. The irony isn't lost on me that my first time to preach to you this year is back online. I was the guy two years ago in 2020 saying, man, this is going to last two or three months, two or three weeks. We're going to be past this. Here I am two, weeks, two years later, still staring at a camera telling you, 
What, how, how do you do that? How do you, how do you get through when you look at your life and you think, man, this is a crazy time to dream. This is a crazy time to cut out my dream and paste it to my desk. This is an outrageous time to dream. But listen to me. I believe with all of my heart, everything in my being, I believe that God is ready to do more for people this year who are looking to him in fresh vision. Proverbs 29 and 18 says it like this. I I quote it to you often. If people can't see what God's doing, they end up stumbling all over themselves. They end up just stumbling through their year if they don't ask God for fresh vision. God, where do you want to go? God, what do you want to do in my life? But when they attend to what God reveals, in other words, when they go to God and say, okay, God, what's the vision? They're the most blessed. I want you to have that kind of year. I want this year, matter of fact, I, th- I, be- I declare this over, would you receive this right now, wherever you're watching this? I declare this is a banner, yeah, that's the word I keep hearing from the Lord. This is going to be a banner year in your life. This is going to be a banner year in the life of our church family. This is going to be a better year in your marriage, on your job, in your business. I'm a, let me speak to every business owner, every small business owner. Would you receive this word? This is going to be a banner year. I don't care what the outlook says. I don't care what everybody else says is going on. Now, listen, 2022 is an outrageous time to dream. But you cut that out of the magazine, you tape it to your desk, and you believe God for more, the best is yet to come in your life. I'm going to give you some ways to walk into this season, this best is yet to come moment. And I'm going to do it in this message from Joshua chapter 3. If you have a Bible, copy of the Bible, I'd love for you to flip over to Joshua chapter 3. I preach a lot out of the book of Joshua. It's a forward-thinking book. If you just, I hope that in your Bible reading plan, maybe the Bible in one year, that's what I'm doing. That's what I would encourage you to do. I've seen some people in our church doing a 90-day shred. They're reading the whole Bible in 90 days. I love that. Or, or, or a 30-day New Testament shred. I love that. But the book of Joshua is one of my favorite. Matter of fact, if you got little boys in the house, the book of Joshua is great because it's a bunch of war, <laughs> a bunch of killing. They love that stuff. My my son, he loves the stories like Daddy. Tell us about tell tell us about that one time. You know, that crazy prophet did that thing, and God showed up. And Joshua is one of those kind of books. Joshua uh, three. Let me give you the context of where we are. Uh, the children of Israel have come out of Egypt, four hundred years of slavery there, and Moses led them out. You know that, and God sentenced them to forty years of wandering in the wilderness. This is about a seven, ten-day journey that they took 40 years. It wasn't, about, it wasn't about getting out of Egypt. It was about Egypt getting out of them. As a matter of fact, uh, there's a whole generation that dies in the wilderness, can't see the promised land. I don't have time to teach you all of that today. But Joshua is now the young assistant of Moses, is now in charge of the people of Israel. Joshua in Joshua 3 is standing at the Jordan River. He is within earshot of the promised land. Now think about this. 440 years they've dreamed about this day. And Joshua can see it. And the people of God can see it. And they're standing on the precipice of a new season and a new year and a new opportunity. And the thing their grandparents and their great-grandparents and their great-great-grandparents had dreamed about and thought about and talked about. Here they stand. And I think what Joshua tells them is what I'm telling you today. I think this is a good framework for you to have a best is yet to come kind 
of year. Joshua 3 and verse 1 starts like this. Early in the morning, underline that phrase in your Bible. Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan where they camped before crossing over. Here's what I want you to hear. Number one, if you're taking notes, I hope that you are. You got to get up early if you're going to get what God wants you to have. Now, I know some of you just said, you just keep scrolling. Like, this is not my preacher. This is not somebody else. There's, a, there's an afternoon preacher somewhere for me. You know, not, not a get up early kind of guy. I'm going to be honest with you. I hate that we're not gathering in person this week. But starting next week, Monday morning at 6 a.m., I'm going to be suited and booted up. You know, I'm going to be ready. Why? Because there's something about going to God early. There's something about, it's the reason why we put 21 days of prayer and fasting at the beginning of the year. Because there's something about what I'm going to face in May or in June or in March or in October. Man, I'm going to give God early. Time is measured in minutes, the wise man said, but your life is measured in moments. Everybody has the same amount of minutes every day, 1,440 minutes. Time management really is not managing anything. It's priority management. It's a stewardship issue. Let me ask you this year. How are you managing the minutes and the moments of your life? Like how are you deciding what goes first? What are you doing with your life? Are, are, are you putting God early in the morning? Are you getting up and the first thing you do is scroll on Instagram or Facebook or in the fast, I think it'd be great if you just decided, man, I'm going to put that stuff aside. As a matter of fact, I talked to a dream teamer who said, I deleted it from my phone because I know me. I'll just reopen it back up, you know, and scroll again. What do you do first? It's the principle of first things. What do you do first? When I get up early, what am I finding time or am I wasting time? No, nobody finds time to do anything, honestly. You just decide to make time for devotion and prayer. and it just it, it, How you start your day, how you start your year, how you start the season, it determines, it sets the tone, it sets the table for the rest of the season together. That's why David said it like this in Psalm 63 and 1. He said, God, you are my God, and early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there's no water. That sounds like where we are today. So I've looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. That sounds like church attendance being vitally and I'm going to give God the first of my week. Because your loving kindness. Here, listen to this. If I'll put God first. It's the principle of early. It's getting up early. It's putting God first. It's tithing because it's first. It's praying in the morning at 6 a.m. because it's first. It's Bible reading first. If I put God first, then because of his loving kindness, here it is, your loving kindness is better than anything else. You want to have the best is yet to come? You got to put God first. My lips are going to praise you. I'll bless you while I live. I'll lift my hands in your name. My soul is going to be satisfied with marrow and fatness. I'm pretty satisfied with fatness, I'll be honest with you, but my mouth is going to praise you. Listen, there's just something about giving God praise and prayer early in the morning. David knew this. There's just, how I start a thing determines 
the future of this thing, and i got to do it early. That's why today is day one of 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I'm asking you, even though we're not gathering in person this week, this is the one week we are not. Starting next Monday, we're back in the room at 6 a.m. at our ministry center. But get up early this week. Still, just tune in at 6 a.m. Don't say, well, I can sleep and catch it later. No, no, no. Just decide. I'm going to set my mind early. I'm going to seek God early. Joshua said, everybody get up early in the morning. We're, we're, we're not going to wait till the battle of Jericho before we decide to get up early to train. No, Joshua said, we're going to get up early now. God's going to prepare a way for us. Number two, if you're taking notes, write this down. The first one's get up early. Number two is follow the ark. Follow the ark. Joshua 1 uh, continues like this in verse 2. After three days... After three days, the officers went throughout the camp, and they gave these orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, and all the Levitical priests carrying it, you are to move out of your positions. Underline this in your Bible. When you see the Ark of the Covenant move, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go. Some people say, Pastor, how do I know what to believe God for this year? How do I know what, what the best is uh, for God uh, that God wants in my life? What's the best for my life? What, what is God's plan? Well, I, I don't know, but I do know this. The presence of God, the Ark of the Covenant, I know that when it moves, if you'll follow it, then you'll know which way to go. Because you've never been this way before. I've never lived in 2022. I've never lived these days. I've never lived these years. I need the Ark of the Covenant leading I need the presence of God leading me. The Ark of the Covenant symbolizes the presence and the power of God in your life. This year, you're going to have to follow the presence and power of God in your life. (coughs) You're going to have to follow. But listen, I want you to watch this scripture because it's not done. A lot of people think, man, I yeah, we're a presence-driven church. By the way, let me pause here and tell you. We are a presence-driven church. We're purpose-driven. And we're presence-driven. We're presence-driven. We believe in the presence of God moving in our church. We believe the presence of God makes all the difference in our church. Some people come to church and they think, man, why has it got to be so loud? Why is everybody clapping and singing? Why is it? Let me tell you why. Because the presence of God makes all the difference. I don't ever want to have a church where you just come in, you sit down, you hear a good three points, and then you walk out. No. Man, I want a church where you encounter the presence of God, where you feel the presence of God. I heard somebody say one time, Pastor, I don't know if I've ever felt the presence of God. I I hate that for you. I'm sorry. I'd love to see you next Sunday because you can feel the presence of God when you're together in worship. Every time the Ark of the Covenant is mentioned in the Old Testament, it's, it's a type of the presence of God. And the Bible says, I want you to, when the presence of God moves, I want you to follow the Ark. And in 2022, you're going to be tempted to follow every other voice, every other argument, every other wind of doctrine, every other thing that comes by, every other movement, every other thing. Listen, you don't have to follow any of that. If you want the best year, if you want the best that you've ever had, you need to follow the power and the presence of God. Shout amen in the chat for that. You need to follow the ark. You need to decide, I'm quieting every other voice and I'm listening to God? Are, are you following the crowd? Are you following popular opinion? Are you following your political party? Or are you following 
the ark? Are you following the presence of God? We are an unapologetically spirit-filled and spirit-led church. Come on, let's follow the ark. But listen, here's the addendum. The scripture's still on the screen. He said, you'll know which way to go since you've never been this way before. But here's the last part of this. Joshua 1 and 4. He says, but keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits. That's about 3,000 feet. Between you and the ark, and don't go near it. Write this down in your notes. This year, don't get ahead of God. Don't get ahead of God in your life. Just decide. I'm not going to decide before the ark moves. I'm not going to just make my mind up and then tell God, okay, God, here's what I decided. Are you okay with this? No, no, no. I'm going to wait for the presence of God to move. Then I'm going to move. Don't get ahead of God. So many people come to me after you've already made it, not, not you wonderful people, but in other places that I've ministered. And, and after they've already made the decision and they say, Pastor, will you pray with me? Well, what are we praying about? Well, I, I'm going to, <laughs> you know, you fill in the blank. Well, if you've already decided, why, why would you go to God? No, no, no. I've decided this year I'm not going to get ahead of God. I'm going to let the ark go first. I'm going to let the presence of God lead the way. I'm going to let the power of God lead the way. In much of my life, I found myself in a mess because I got ahead of God. I'm going to follow God's word. I'm going to follow God's plan. I'm going to follow God's peace. And I'm going to follow God's timing in my life. Number three, got to hurry. Number three. Consecrate yourself, Joshua uh, 3. Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourself for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. If we were together, I would mention to you about being together in fasting and prayer in the room. We're going to take this time this week in our own living rooms and prayer and just turn your whole living room, turn your whole den, turn your whole family room or maybe your bedroom or your kitchen table, turn it into a prayer room this week at 6 a.m. But consecrate yourself. That's different than praying. Consecrate yourself. Consecrate, it means to set aside. It means to set it, set it apart. It means something's different to to purify it. Listen to me closely. You are anointed of God and you're appointed of God, but you are most alive when you are dead to yourself. That's what fasting is. That's what praying without fasting is a conversation with God and you need it. Fasting without praying is a diet. You may need that. I need that. But praying and fasting together is a powerful combination of spiritual discipline that draws you close to God. Write it down like this. Fasting disconnects me from the world and prayer connects me to God. Let me say it again. Fasting disconnects me from the world and prayer reconnects me to God. That's why this January, that's why starting today. That's why Monday through Friday at 6 o'clock in the morning. That's why next week, Monday through Friday at 6 o'clock in the morning. That's why the following week, Monday through Friday at 6 o'clock in the morning, I'm going to be fasting and praying because I need to consecrate, dedicate my life. I need to separate out. I, I need to die to myself. God, this year, I don't want it my way. I want it your way. I want your will. Come on, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Why not now? Why not you? If you've never fasted before, why don't fast this January? Set aside food. Set aside certain foods. Set aside certain times to eat, times of the day. 
Do a soul fast. Turn off social media. Turn off television. Do a physical fast. Do fast negative conversation. Don't let anything come out of your mouth. Fast reading something that's not God's word. I'm just talking about disconnect from the world. Joshua said, consecrate yourself. I'm calling you in the next 21 days to consecration. Like, I've let too much of the world in me. I need to disconnect from all of that. I need to reconnect to God. Here's the last thing, and then I'll pray for you. Number four, you got to step into the river. You got to step into the river. Joshua 3 and 8. Joshua says, Tell the priest who carry the Ark of the Covenant. When you reach the edge of the Jordan River, go and stand in the river. Now, this is the scary part. Like, this is the part that I wanted to get to today. This is the part I had to bring you this message. Because some of you are believing for the best is yet to come. You're just not acting on the best is yet to come. Matter of fact, some of you have done that for the last five years, the last ten years. Oh, God, I believe you want what's best. God, I believe this is going to be my year. God, I declare it, and I decree the thing, and it's going to happen, and it's going to... But you never take the action to actually step into the river. You never actually set up recurring giving with your tithing every paycheck. You never actually set the alarm for 5 o'clock so you can be at prayer at 6. You never actually attend the welcome home night so you can join the dream team. You never actually sign up to host a small group. You thought about it. You prayed about it. You talked to people about it. You just... You just hadn't surfed over to cityhillstx.com slash groups. And said, I want to host a group. I want to build community. I need a church family around me. You just got to step into the river. You just got to take, take the plunge. Most of us get stuck right here. God wants to part the river. But listen, you may get your feet wet. <laughs> we, we want God to go first. Because it doesn't require any faith. But that's not the way the Bible works. Faith takes the first step and trusts God for the rest. So I want to ask you this year, what's the step of faith you need to take? Is it the 90-day tithing challenge? Is it prayer? Is it fasting for the first time? Is it joining the dream team? Is it joining a small group? Is it inviting a family friend? Is it praying for somebody in the office? Is it just believing God for what? what do you, is it finally committing? Is, what's the step? Is it going to counseling? Is it going back to school? What's the step of faith you need to take? Because God's waiting on you. The, the, that's what the Bible says. When, when you, listen, when the, the Levites start moving, you put your feet in that Jordan River got to take care of the rest. But you may have to get your feet wet. Joshua 3 and 15, listen to this. I'm almost done. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest, which is the time they're crossing. Yet as soon as the priest who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, notice the series of events. The priest had to touch the water. And as soon as they did, watch this, the water from upstream stopped flowing. 
and it piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarethan while the water was flowing down to the Dead Sea. It was completely cut off so the people could cross over to Jericho. Most theologians believe that Adam, where the water piled up, was 30 miles away from where the children of Israel actually crossed the Jordan. Listen to me. God will do some stuff upstream this year in your life. God always, I know you're thinking right here, right now, what do I do with this water? God, how do I get across this? God said, hey, I've got something upstream I'll stop. Hey, I, got, I, feel, I feel God's presence right now to tell you, I got something this year upstream that you don't know that I can do. I can pile that water up 30 miles away from here. You just got to step into the river. Like you just got to decide today's the day. I'm going all in with God. This is the year. I take the one-year challenge. This is the year. The miracle always happens. Sometimes it's 30 miles. Sometimes it's 30 years upstream. Miracle's God's job. Stepping into it's your job. You're the answer to somebody else's prayer. You're You're the person God's called this year. Serve like never before. You're the person God's gifted uniquely to do what only you can do this year. You're the small group leader who can speak into some single mother's life because you've walked the same journey. She's waiting on you to say yes to God. You're the answer to somebody's prayer. You're, You're the priest carrying the presence of God. And the moment your feet touch the water, God says, I'll, I'll, I'll take care of upstream. I'll take care of the rest of 2022. Oh, yeah, the best is yet to come. You can look back on your life and on today and say, this was an outrageous year to dream. This is an outrageous message to preach on the Internet to an empty room. (laughs) But the best is yet to come. God has more right where you're at. I'd love to pray that that Jordan-crossing faith would sweep into your soul. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? Maybe open your hands like this to receive. Father, I pray for people wherever they are, however they catch this message today. God, I'm asking you to meet them right where they are and to believe God for more. That just because you've answered before, just because you brought us out of Egypt... That doesn't mean that's the end. Just because you fed us manna, that's not the end. Just because you led us at fire by night and a cloud by day, that's not the end. No, there's a promised land. There's a best still ahead of us. We haven't lived our best days. We haven't had our best year. Our business hasn't seen the best that it's ever going to. Our marriage hasn't walked through its best season yet. Our best days aren't behind us. Our best days are in front of us. It's going to take a little faith. It's going to take people following the ark, following the presence of God. It's going to take people saying yes when it doesn't seem logical to dream. It doesn't even seem like the right time. But I pray 
right where you sit today, that you'd dare to dream again, that you'd open up your heart to all that God wants you to do. I'm going to consecrate myself. I'm going to get up early. I'm going to pray. I'm diving into prayer this week. I'm not taking this season for granted. I'm not taking January. I've played around with 21 days, but not this time. No, I'm fasting. I'm praying. I'm up early. I'm consecrating myself, following the presence of God. And I'm going to step into the river. God, because of my faith, come on, receive this into your heart. I believe for my family, for our relationship for my marriage, for my children, for my church, for my community, for my health, for my mind, for my emotions, for our finances, for every area of my life. I believe the best is yet to come. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today. And a special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. You know, it's because of you that we're able not only to bring this message to you, we're able to offer hope and life to the San Antonio Hill Country and beyond. So if you'd like to give today, you can visit cityhillstx.com right now. And if this message blessed you, why don't you click subscribe or share this message with your friends uh, on your socials. I pray it's a blessing to others in your world. Thanks again for listening today. God bless you.